igniting original concepts. You felt like you were really making a difference for them. Why wouldn't you do that? The biggest challenge that you have is not to... You're going to have disruptions all the time. If you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Gorilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. What was your first entrepreneurial experience? Was it running a lemonade stand business as a kid? Or selling your lawn mowing services? Who or what inspired you to venture into the business world? I ask because entrepreneurship is not something I've seen myself get into. Not as a kid, not as an adult. I'm not saying never, but to be honest, I feel like the business owner life would either have me burn out or in need of massage therapy 24-7. And trust me on the latter, my trap muscles are tense enough as it is. With time, I've learned that I much prefer contributing to other people's projects and business ideas, seeing them bloom and knowing they make a difference in people's lives. Plus, it allows me the freedom to contribute to various projects instead of sticking to the one, all-consuming reality. Interestingly enough, though, I've seen my entourage shift to perhaps 80-90% to business owners in the last few years, and I'm deeply in awe of every single one of them. Some of them I admire for their business acumen or their leadership skills. Others for their creativity and resilience. I think of this very podcast and its mission to amplify community voices all over the globe. Community voices who also happen to be entrepreneurial voices. And then I think about my wonderment for stories of kid entrepreneurs driven by a desire to solve problems and make a difference in their communities. Kids that see a need and work tirelessly to fill it. So remember when I said in this season's trailer that we were gonna share money stories? Let me play it back. In season seven of the Forest FM podcast, we're sharing money stories. Not money stories, money stories. The ones that spark ripple waves of inspiration within a community that radiate both passion and compassion. The ones that show how incredible feats are sometimes to be achieved in our own heads. The ones that say, the heck with competition, there's enough for everyone to eat. The ones that celebrate fresh perspectives on all things business management and growth and say, let's come together and figure this out. We're doing this for the single location owner and the multi site Well, today's episode is one in which we get personal with Peter Borg, salon founder and managing director of Queen Bee Luxury Nail and Beauty Lounge. Launched in April 2016 and located between both Purley and South Croydon, Queen Bee Luxury Nail and Beauty Lounge aims to provide guests with a beautiful space to relax and receive luxury, pampering results-driven treatments. In the few years they've been open, they've become a multi-award-winning space and garnered lots of press exposure and love for their dedication to providing a great guest experience. As an independent salon, some of the various services they provide include bespoke facials, luxury natural nail care, indulgent body treatments, waxing for men and women, seaweed anticellulite mud wraps, Dermalux LED light therapy, lash lifts, brow lamination, and of course, so much more. As for Peter, well, the astute businessman is also a radio DJ and presenter on MySoul.com, a new radio and media hub by the founders of Kiss FM, and the founder of Simply Salacious Parties, an event management company. But today, Peter joins me on Forest FM to discuss the various influences that shaped his career path, the story behind Queen Bee Luxury Nail and Beauty Lounge, the need for resilience and a strong mindset when it comes to running a business, and last but not least, the importance and power of offering exceptional service and care. I was looking at my future and I was 
just hitting 40, and I thought to myself, what am I doing? Where is this going to be in 10, 15 years' time? Um, there is no pensions. There is no sick pay. I, I, I was looking for my future. And it was a chance conversation with someone who I said, do you know what? I've always wanted to buy a nail salon. I don't know why, but I've always wanted to buy a salon. And she said, it just so happens a friend of mine is selling one. Uh, I've had an array of businesses um, over, over the years. Um, you know, resilience is important. A strong mindset is important. Um, but it still does boil down to service. It's that passion to make people smile. And we forget this a lot of the time, but it's something that I drive all the time to, to my team, that we are in the small business. And that's one thing we should never take for granted. Without further ado, welcome to a longtime listener of Forest FM. Peter, thank you so much for joining me on the show. We met at the summit earlier this year, but you knew exactly who I was. It's so good to have you on. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be invited. I feel honored. Stop. I feel honored. I mean, look, listen, you work in sound. You have such a varied background. We're going to get into it, obviously, but I feel like there's added pressure on me here today. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You're amazing. Don't worry. Just two radio hosts talking to each other. So listen, I wanted to talk to you today um, to dive into all the little things, you know, that made who you are, have shaped the person you are today, have shaped the culture you have in the salon. And obviously I wanna know where you're at with the salon and everything, um, but I would love to dive into your background first. And the the question I have for you really comes back to the same question I asked in the intro of this episode, which is what was your first entrepreneurial experience, right? Because I know that you got into business at a very, very young age. Um, so how old were you exactly when you had your first business idea let's start there so yeah i mean business idea was always kind of just looking at different ideas from a very very young age i don't know why but even as far as making cassette tapes when i was in primary school not for financial gain but just to be able to entertain people um and then when i was about eight years old me and some friends locally were, it was a hot summer's day, and I said, right, guys, come on, we're going to go washing cars. So we just started knocking on people's doors, and we had a bucket and a sponge. We used their water, we used their soap, and we were washing cars. But then we just started doing this every single Saturday, mm. and everybody knew us on the on our street, um, and, and it kind of expanded to a lot of our friends hearing what we was doing. They wanted to get involved, and I stopped washing cars. And I was just like, okay, we're just going to direct this now. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and brilliant. And it was, you know, it carried on for quite some time. And um, I can't remember how many, how big the team got. But it literally, our rebooking was happening there and then. Brilliant. We'll see you next week. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> and literally, that was, that was it from such a young age. And funny enough, it was one of those things that came up recently on on Facebook because I actually shared something like this a couple of years ago. And uh, it was like, what, you did that eight years ago? And then a few other people that I grew up with were on my face and they commented, oh my God, I remember that. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, it, it takes me back. Wow. And then later on, you know, fast forward a few years, we were, 
you know, we were as kids go, wanting to go to the beach or something, um, wanting to go, you know, to, to Brighton or something. It's like we haven't got any money. Oh, hey, let's get buckets, let's get some buckets and sponges and earn some money. Oh, yeah, you know, what were you earning? Three pound a car or something like that. Right. But you know, you're making twenty quid in, in in no time, and that's enough for a ten for an eight year old or a ten year old to go and have a great day at, at Brighton Beach or on the arcades or what have you. So tell me more about the influences that you had around like business at the time. Like, who were you looking up to at that time that was in business? So everyone in my family, my father, my aunt, my grandfather, my uncle, everyone is self-employed. Okay. Um, we didn't have the, we didn't grow up of the mind. No, tell a lie. We grew up with, with my mother having that mindset of, have a great career and go and get a job in a bank. Okay. Well, that never really excited me. You know, it was always the, from, from her side. Uh, but from my father's side, it was always, nope, we're going to set up our own businesses. And so I always used to see my father getting dressed up, going to do whatever he was doing. And it was always that idea of, you know, he's a businessman. I didn't know what he did. Right. Um, but it sounded fun. And I'm like, okay, I want to be a businessman. And, and, and that was it. And I saw the option or the ability to be able to gain, to make money. Um, it may not have been a hell of a lot of money, but it was making money. And for a kid to make any form of money, it's like, it's an exciting thing. And then you don't want to spend that money. You want to save that money. And it's like, oh, you're watching this, these pounds, these pound notes growing or these five pound notes growing and what have you. And it's like, whoa. You know, but yeah, it was uh, it was a fun time. It was a really really fun time. And then you know later on, f- a couple of years later, working locally for you know little cafes and uh, snack bars and kebab shops, just doing local deliveries for them. You know, dropping off sandwiches to to wherever they wanted to go. I was I was the originator of Uber Eats, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Of, yeah, exactly. Of Deliveroo. That's what I was doing when I was that age, right? Uh, and, 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 and dropping that, and they'd give me, you know, some, some, some pennies towards that, but they would also have, um, like pool halls behind them or gambling machines in there or, or, or arcade games. And I would go and I'd spend my money on those and you couldn't get me off Pac-Man. I'd be on Pac-Man when I wasn't in school. Um, and then I saw these big colorful f- fruit machines and I'm like, Oh, I like that. And I've got some money on me and I learned how they worked. Mm. And so I would literally empty their, 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 their machines as well. Um, <laughs> gambling machines and, and which then funded, I mean, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a great way to sit and think, Oh wait, but then a big addiction happened because I understood vinyl and every penny I earned went on buying seven inches. And that was literally, that's where that started as well. I was going to ask, what was the first thing, you know, you splurged on or invest your savings in? And, uh, and I guess vinyls was the thing. <laughs> yeah, vinyl was the investment. Uh, if I remember rightly, Jackie Stewart set me free on seven inch was one of the first vinyls I purchased. I think it was. Um, and there was there used to be a little sweet shop on the corner of where I lived. They used to sell records. I didn't know about record shops. I was way too young. I didn't know what was going on, but they used to have like a record stand. Yeah. And I'd just flick through and I, I like the look of that cover. I don't know what it is, but I had a record player at home and I'd just take to buy the vinyl for like 70 pence or whatever it was back then yeah. and, and, and take it home and then just start amassing um, the, the, the records, the, the, the collection. 70 pence. 
That is wild when you think about how much they're selling for now. Like so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. And it's like. Whoa. So this. So this passion for music and vinyls is that what launched you into your DJing career? I guess. Yeah. I mean, going back from 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 primary school when I used to record um, the Sunday radio of the charts or what have you, and no one had ever educated me on this. I found out later on in life that quite a few people used to record the the chart show, but I used to stop when the the DJ used to talk and rewind a little bit and start recording again just when he'd stop talking again so kind of editing him out mm. um and 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 then you know my teachers found out about this and and we were going on a school trip and she actually said can you bring one of your cassettes in so we listened to it on the coach on the on the school trip <laughs> so cool <laughs> you know what i mean and i'm like hey wow i'm like you know the, the, the youngest dj in the world but then the, you know my my father had a a restaurant with a, a nightclub below and I didn't know about nightclubs, but I went into the basement one day where the DJ was and he showed me what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And that's really when it kind of kicked off um, to understand, right, you know what, this is, this is what I want to do now. So I, I, I kind of started to venture down that route. And I think I was about 16 when I had my first proper DJ residency playing all night long in a pub. Yeah. Um, and then it just kicked off, you know, going into international DJ gigs, creating my own event management um, company, um, and, and, and just continuing to grow from that that side. And, and with that comes having to look good and feel good and having to, having to get your nails done and your face done and looking the part when you're having your photo taken, which kind of led me to where I am today. And, and I want to get into that. But before we do, I'm curious, what was your international DJing career like? Like when you look back on it, what feelings come to mind? Dread. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's scary to think about. I mean, I did one tour of the Philippines, which I think was 28. No, it wasn't. I think it was about 15 flights in two weeks Whoa. through the Philippines. And that was like, oh, my God. Literally every single day you're on another plane. And, and sometimes two planes, three planes a day. Yeah. And you can't, you know, you sit down, you have a bit of dinner, and then, right, brilliant, you're going to go and play. You finish, you go to bed, you get up in the morning, you're on another flight. It's it's like, oh. It was, it was, you know, it's all glamorous from the outside, but on the inside, you're, you, you are very, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you can be quite, it can be quite shallow, and, and, and your audience can be also quite shallow too mm. um because they don't they only know you from from what you are as a as a dj right um which is great but obviously you're also a person so you're kind of being dragged from pillar to post yeah. here there and everywhere it's fun don't get me wrong it's it's good but after you've done it for 10 15 years you're like <laughs> yeah you know so and, and people still ask me today are you why are you not playing out all the time and what have you I'm like I'm okay. I'm 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 too old for that now. Yeah. You know, and, and hats off and kudos to those guys who are in their fifties and sixties today, still doing that every single weekend. Um, I just I just might I just got to the stage where I was like, I've got to do something else. What was it that had you leave that career and lifestyle? Was it because of how tired you were, or did something specific um, bring you to the hair and beauty industry straight from there? What it was was I. I was looking at my future and I was just hitting 40 
And I thought to myself, what am I doing? Where is this going to be in 10, 15 years' time? Um, there is no pensions. There is no sick pay. Mm-hmm. There is no, you know, I know so many of my friends throughout COVID, they were, they were on the floor. They had to go and get jobs as bus drivers. They had to go and get jobs in supermarkets because there was no furlough for them. You're effectively self-employed, but a lot of people are self-employed in inverted commas that they're not declaring anything, unfortunately, so they're stuck. And then with that in mind, um, I, I, I was looking for my future. And it was a chance conversation with someone who I said her daughter was a nail biter. Okay. Her daughter was a terrible nail biter. And I said to her, um, do you know what? Well, you stop biting your nails for two weeks. My next manicure, you can come with me. I'll, I'll show you a manicure. She didn't. She, she continued to bite her nails, so obviously I didn't take her. But I said to, to, to this person, I said, do you know what? I've always wanted to buy a nail salon. I don't know why, but I've always wanted to buy a salon. And she said, it just so happens a friend of mine selling one. So I said, okay, sort out the appointment, sort out a meeting. I'll go have a look. Yeah. And we'll see from there. Um, it was a, a, a nail salon that had been shut down for six months. It was a nail salon that, in my eyes, was ready to open. Yeah. And it's, it's just been shut down. It's, it's ready. It's fully kitted out. We can just open. How hard can this be? <laughs> so, so I went down there and uh, had a meeting with her and walked away having confirmed that I'm going to take it over without doing much research into it. That's just me. I'm just one of those spontaneous fools who, who, who says, says, okay, let's just get into this industry without knowing anything. How hard can it be? How, I've had my nails done for years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so that, was, that was the new goal um, for it. Unfortunately, or fortunately um, for me, it took nearly a year and a half to complete the lease because I then found out she didn't actually have any funds to short her to pay her her fees, her solicitor's fees, um, so which is why it dragged on so long. But in my, if, if, if I say fortunately, because it allowed me to educate myself on the industry. Mm. So I had a year and a bit to educate myself properly. In that time, from the minute that I had agreed we were going to I started my recruitment process. Okay. That was the challenge. It was like finding staff without having confirmed anything, without having opened, without having, you know, just literally a generic job post, was having zero interest at all. Mm. And the closer we got to the opening, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to open with no staff. Um, What is going on? But then when I finally got the keys, this place that was so ready to open and so ready to start was not. The place was dilapidated. I only saw it like in a, a 10 minute quick view around of a shop. When I got in, I realized the sinks were all busted. Wow. So it needed a total refit. So we spent a good three months, you know, getting builders in, making a bespoke manicure bench, making beautiful pedicure areas, yeah. bringing in beautiful leather thrones with Italian leather from Italy and blah, 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 and going real high end. Um, for it, and then and then when we finally opened, were ready to open, um, we, we we everything kind of just fell into place. Um, I, I managed to bump into a friend of mine who I didn't know at the time, but his daughter, who I knew from when she was a child, was actually a manicurist and was one of the 
top manicurists in London. Um, and I actually brought her on to recruit for me. And, you know, as a side hustle for her. And I said to her, do you know what? I need you to, um, to recruit for me. Um, can you help me find some staff? So we actually launched with two members of staff. Wow. We launched with two members of staff. That was it. Sounds like you've come a long way anyways, because you're celebrating seven years in business now. Yeah, but literally we launched with two members of staff and I'm like, how are we going to do this? And, you know, we was open six days a week and I'm like, these girls can't work six days a week. What's going to happen? And they can't mm. do late nights and da, da, da. And then it just so happened because we was open, people would start to come in and, and ask, are you recruiting? Are you hiring? And I'm like, okay, what well, do I really know what to look for? Hey, can you do this interview <laughs> for me? Can you do a trade test? And, 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 and so on. But literally, I, I knew zero mm. about consultations. I knew zero about how to do a, a gel treatment, how to look after your feet. What foot, how, what, a Veruca? What the hell's a Veruca? Oh my God, you can get foot allergies from doing what? Oh, wow. Okay. So I really started to learn and educate myself. Fast forward seven years now, it's a totally different story. But at yeah. the time, it was like, wow, this, it's a minefield, you know? Yeah. But because of my knowledge of marketing and sales, we were busy from the off. So uh, understanding and learning about the industry, would that have been your first reality check as to what it's like to own and run this type of business, I guess? A hundred percent. That and staff. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've had other businesses where I've had 10, 15, 20 staff, mm. but this industry is a totally different mindset. A lot of people, when they open hair and beauty businesses and it's their first go at it, um, we ran a survey, that's why I'm saying a lot of people. Um, looking into the numbers, it was quite surprising how many considered at some point giving up and closing down the salon. Was that something that ever crossed your mind? Every single day. Even today, I'm of that mindset of I'm 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 a hundred percent in. Mm. Don't care. We could be. I mean, COVID kind of when COVID hit, I was like, we're done. That's it. Oh my god. For that three seconds, yeah. I was like, wow. And then the fourth and fifth second, okay, what's the solution? Yeah. How do we how do we sort this? What do we do? Okay, let's launch this instead. Let's get in touch with all of our clients, let's keep this, because it ain't gonna last forever, so on and so forth. Um, I mean, we we expanded after two years, I bought the shop next door to increase our services. Um, when there was a lot of businesses that were failing, I'm, I'm going back uh, five years ago when we, we took over the shop next door, and, and, and it was a gamble because it was also going into the unknown again, because I didn't know about beauty, I'd learned about nails, I didn't understand how waxing worked. I didn't understand what facials did. I didn't understand. I knew what they did, but I didn't understand the, the kind of mythology behind as a service and how that all works and so on and so forth. Um, so, so I educated myself, still continue, still do daily. Um, but it was like, you know what? We need to grow. Let's just take that on. Let's do that as well and, and see where that goes. If you don't shoot, you don't score. That's how I see it. Love a good sports analogy, and that one is a very, very true. Um, how do you feel like the variety of jobs and business ventures you've had um, influenced your mindset or the person you are or the type of salon and culture you have today? Um, you know, you're saying you only have a moment of feeling like, Ugh, and then you turn around and pivot straight away. Yeah, totally. 
And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the mindset of never giving up. It's the mindset of strong determination. It's the mindset of I'm not going to let someone look at my business and say he failed. Mm. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. If there was someone that came to my door with a big fat check yeah. and offered to take it on, I would definitely look at it and think, okay, we can do with that. Um, but then on the flip side of that, and it has happened a few times that some people have come and knocked on the door to say, we're interested in your business. And I've sat down really hard and thought, what am I going to do? What's the plan? What's the benefit? What about my team? What about everything I've built up um, to go on and just say, yeah, brilliant, we'll, we'll sell it and will I start again down the road? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those kind of things. Um, but it, it's also a factor of, you know, my strong deterrent. And it's for my team, they see it. And when, like, especially new staff members, they get freaked out. They're like, this guy's too much. He's like, wow, he's nonstop. I mean, my, my team can message me whenever, literally from, you know, 7 a.m. until 11 p.m. And sometimes when they message and they'll ask a question about something happening in the week, you know, positive questions like, oh, this client's booked in for X, Y, and Z. Are you aware of, um, and I'm like, hold on a minute. And they're like, what are you doing in front of your computer? It's 11 o'clock at night. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm still working. Yeah. Because that's my mindset. I am forever. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I go on holiday and I'm, I get bored. Because, no, I get bored, but I'm like, I need to be doing something. Yeah. If I'm not sightseeing, I can't sit. Um, we went on holiday, a friend of mine's got a beautiful villa in Spain and she took me, she told me, she told me I needed a holiday um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and told me to go there and she said, no phones are allowed, no computers are allowed, you have to have some time off and there was four of us there, all, 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 um, all self, all, all um, entrepreneurs, all self-employed people mm. um, and, and that was the goal for all of us to just switch off. And I think once I went to grab my laptop for something that was very quick. And she was like, what are you doing? I went, okay, just, just, but I shut down. And, 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 but it was a nice way to do it. But I think it's in my mindset. It's just there, you know, to, to, to be that way. So how would you describe your hair and beauty industry career's most formative years? Did you experience any like imposter syndrome or were you anxious about anything? Um, you know, how did that go for you the first few years? The first few years, with zero knowledge, the first few years with zero experience, and being bullish that I am, bullheaded or stubborn or with a mindset of this is how it is and this is what it's going to be like. Yeah. I remember being outside talking to a friend of mine while the and, and, and it was outside the back window and listening. I could hear my staff slating me. They hated me. Oh. And it was like, oh, my God, that feeling of I'm supposed to, my job, and it's everyone's job who employs people, is to ensure that your team have got a job, is to ensure, that, ensure they have a safe environment, and is to ensure that they've got, you know, that A, they're paid, and B, that they've got a, a, a job to go to for as long as they want to stay in that job. And I was failing. I wasn't doing my job mm-hmm. because I wasn't giving them a comfortable place to work. I wasn't giving them, um, I wasn't 
in my mind, the, when I look back on it now, I was a terrible boss. I was a terrible boss. And, and I never understood that um, until, you know, a few years later, don't get me wrong, I went through um, a majority, a, a big change in, in, in teams and mm. people wouldn't last with me telling them you're not the right fit because you're not up to the standard that I need. Because I believe someone comes to work because they want to come to work. It's not brilliant. It's now six o'clock. I'm off. Well, hold on. You're still in the middle of doing what you're doing. What do you mean you're off? <laughs> yeah, there's still work to be done. Yeah. Um, and that's just my mindset. Um, and, and so I went through a lot of a, a lot of staff turnover until I found those nuggets. Um, but, you know, that taught me a hell of a lot. And I called a, as soon as that happened, I, I then called a, a staff meeting mm. straight away to understand what was going on. And this is what I expect. And if it's not what you are coming to work for, then please don't waste my time. That was it. And that drew a line in the sand yeah. that made them understand that this is what I'm trying to achieve. If you want to be on that journey, brilliant. Stay. I will love you. I will give you everything you need. I will support you, um, what have you. But this is what we're trying to build. And it, that was the turnaround point. Right. That, for me, was the turnaround point. And through having that knowledge, reading a lot of books about just about life, really, and, and, and um, educating myself, and then being introduced to a few people who could help me along the way as well, kind of change things. Was it, you know, I think you, 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 did you, was it an imposter syndrome? I don't think it was in a way um, because I kind of knew my own identity. Had I have faked that, then yes, most definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, so I knew what I wanted to achieve. I knew I wanted us to have the best place in South London, if not in London. Um, and I knew I wanted us, wanted us to attract a high-end market offering the best service where there isn't any services, you know, we're not cutting any corners, even on cleaning, even on products, even on everything. Um, and, and, and I wanted to keep investing in the business to make sure that we offered that service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So listen, I want to talk about um, support systems because salon owners spend an awful lot of time supporting staff um, and clients. Um, but when it comes to having people supporting you, like have, have you felt like you've had that or did it take quite some time to grow into having a support system for yourself in the hair and beauty industry? Coming from the background that I came from <clears throat> of nightclubs, everyone's a friend, literally. Yeah. You know, you've got, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred people that want to be your friend, that are your friend because you can get them a guest list because you can <laughs> whatever, yeah? So so you've got a lot of friends in inverted brackets, inverted commas. Um, when I opened my business, a lot of my friends disappeared because they didn't understand I was always busy. Mm. I didn't have time for, you know, wasting time. I didn't understand. I didn't have time for wasting time, um, and so I had to be quite harsh with that and and militant with. Do you know what? I'm really sorry. I've got more important things I need to do. This is my 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 the livelihood of, of my livelihood, the jobs of my team on the line here. If I mess this up, they're going to be not having a job as well as me not having a job. Um, and so with that in mind, I then 
weirdly enough, became friends with, you know, my circle changed and all my friends today pretty much are self-employed. We all understand what it is. We all, you know, we all sit there and, and, and piss and moan about everything daily. Um, and, 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 but at the same time, we all understand, you know what? That's just what it is. You know, we, we book stuff out. Like I was having a chat with a friend of mine yesterday, uh, a couple of days ago. She's also got a salon and we haven't seen each other. She lives, I kid you not, she lives about 15 minutes from where I live. Her salon is 10 minutes away from my salon. I've known each other for years. And when are we doing dinner? Oh, we've got to put something in the diary. Every time we put it in the diary, something comes up and we never get to do it. Yeah. And we haven't seen each other properly for, wow, uh, at least a good year and a bit properly to sit down and have a proper catch up. But we, you know, we, we both won an award recently um, for, 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 for our salons. Um, and and she, we, we, we talk every day through WhatsApp. Yeah. But in terms of meeting face to face and catching up and having dinner and what have you, it's 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 that's the challenge to be able to to do that. But that just goes to kind of show you just how busy both our, everyone's lives are in my circle. But yeah. when it's urgent or we find the time to to do that um, and, and catch up with each other, yeah, you know. But with that in mind as well, that's my support network now. Gotcha. So, what's your favorite story from running a salon, maybe in particular? Um, there's, there's, there's a, a, a million different stories. Um, the one that sticks out and, and, and I've shared it quite a few times with, with, with clients, with guests is behind the salon is, uh, like an old, not an old, yeah, like an old people's home. Um, not exactly. It's like flats for, 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 for the elderly. Okay. So it's like, um, sheltered housing. I think they call it. I can't remember. What, I don't know what they call it, but there's a lot of old, pe- old, old, older, older people that live in these, in these flats. Um, and one of them I knew had dementia and I remember it was a really hot day and I saw her walking past and I went outside to say hello to her just to check she was okay. And I gave her my business card. I said, just in case anything happens and you can't find your way home, please make sure you can, you've got this card and you can phone us or you can give it to someone and they can direct you to where you live. Mm-hmm. So she off she went. And, and then I saw her coming back flustered. When she was walking back, she was flustered. I went outside. I was like, are you okay? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get home. I said, it's all right, don't worry. You know where you are now. She said, oh, my God, I've just realized where I am. Oh, I said, Are you, it was really hot, so I've got one of the girls to get me a glass of water while I'm outside talking to this lady. And I gave her a glass of water. I pulled out a chair onto the street for her to sit down and helped her, and she relaxed. And, 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 and where this went to is someone drove past the salon and took a photo of what I had done, and they shared it, and they said, this just goes to show the service starts before you come in. And that, for me, is my most heartwarming story. I absolutely, you know, there's, there's a million stories of, you know, seeing clients coming in and before they're engaged, before they're married, while they're single, then they get engaged, then they get married, then they have kids, and we're looking after them throughout the whole journey. There's that beautiful stuff that we're involved with. They're having their wedding parties with us. We're kind of involved in their wedding because they're doing their bridesmaids with us or they're waxing whatever they're doing, or they're just having their waxing just before they have a baby, and then they send us a photo and they say, hey, we just had this baby, whoa! 
but that story there breaks the mold for me. That one there is like, oh my, it wasn't intentional to do anything for publicity. It was literally through love. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that for me was, was what it's all about, giving back to the community. Thank you for sharing that. That's a really lovely story. Yeah. I mean, we could, there, there's a million stories of, you know, we never had Christmas lights on our, in front of my store, in front on our street, and, and everywhere else had Christmas lights. So I petitioned for years to get Christmas lights, and lo and behold, about three years in, we got Christmas lights, and I'll make you laugh, literally on my block. That's where the Christmas lights start and stop. There's like six Christmas lights. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's just for us. <laughs> Great. Because, you know what I mean? So there's a million yeah. and one stories. Um, but yeah, that story for me is, is the one that will always warm my heart. Yeah. So what would you say in your life has had the most profound impact on the way that you choose to run your business you know you you said you know you did that out of love you reached out to that lady and you helped her out obviously you have very clear and strong values of helping others of care service and all that kind of stuff so what in your life do you think has had the most profound impact on the way that you run your business today that's a good question i think it's um to do with everything that i've done all my previous experiences mm -hmm. working very much in the service industry. Um, I mean, I've had businesses from restaurants to antique shops to, uh, I've had an array of businesses um, over, over the years. Mm -hmm. um, but it's that passion to make people smile. Mm. That's what it is all boiling down to. And we are in this, and we forget this a lot of the time, but it's something that I, drive all the time to to my team that we are in the small business yeah and that's one thing we should never take for granted you know people choose to come and spend their hard-earned money with us yeah they choose to to come and enjoy those precious that precious hour that precious whatever they look forward to that and and, and we take that for granted that you know when people are just coming in one day it may be a case of they don't want to come in anymore and what could you have done better to have changed that around? And how does that affect you or your business because they don't come in, because you've taken that for granted? And so it's imperative that we respect and show gratitude every single day and to all of our guests for, you know, what does it cost you to say thank you? Yeah. You know, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for, wow, that special feeling. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it makes you feel special. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's, we're in that industry of, you know, we've got the power to turn, forgive this, 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 this phrase, but to turn that frown upside down. Yeah. We have that power. We have that. Yeah. And it is a power. We are, we've got a superpower because we can really make someone's day. Someone comes in, they're going through a, whatever it is, you know, they've just lost their job, they're going through a bad breakup, they come in to get a bit of pampering. If we're off with them, we've just made that even worse. Mm. But if we flip that around and we've made it, do you know what? We're going to make your day, and we don't even know you're going through a, a bad day, mm -hmm. but we're going to make your day even better because that's what we do. How amazing does that person feel? For that hour, they can go back outside and like, oh, I just remember this has happened. But you know what? For that hour, we've given that peace, or we've given that happiness, and that is that is what it's all about for me. We we call up our guests after a treatment, you know, quite often, mm -hmm. um, just to check how they feel. 
just to check, it's it's and it's yes, you know, yes, we're invading people's time sometimes, but we let them know after the service. You know, we're going to give you a call in a couple of days just to check on how your facial was because your skin is going to do this because the ingredients are active, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, and and check up on you. And they're like, oh my god, how? And you've just spent a fortune on products. We need to know that you're using those products properly. Yeah. Yeah, and we want to give you just a refresher. So it's those little things, those little nuggets that we do that that make it even more, that, that make the guest feel even more loved, even more special. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that's just, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. So based on all of the knowledge you have running businesses in various industries and running different projects in various industries, what would you say would be your five top musts for growth for growth rebooking all the time (laughs) um but um no um definitely it is the service you have to offer a top service every single time no matter how what is going on in your life you can't bring that that stuff into work yeah because as i say we're here we're at work for however many hours a day that guest is in for an hour, two hours, or, or even half an hour. And that's all they see us for, um, for that short time. And in that time, we have to make it the best experience possible. So making sure that, you know, we're offering the best service for them. Um, having the right mindset is a, definitely a must for growth. If you're walking around constantly moping, you know, after COVID, so many salons shut their doors. Mm-hmm. They couldn't deal with it. They just literally, I'm talking, you know, over, you know, we're talking over five, 600 salons yeah. shut their doors. And the same happened this Christmas. A lot of salons that I know. I was going to say, you can still see a massive impact from it. Mm-hmm. Massively, massively. You know, even this Christmas, I know so many salons that were like, yeah, this is our last Christmas. And on the flip of that, I mean, we are in, in the most positive way reaping benefits from that because obviously we're still open and we're getting a lot of new clients that have had their salons where they used to go closed down. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's one of those things you've got to take the rough with the smooth. You've got to sit there and, and, and be resilient to this. And, and you know what, you look back on the reason why you started in this industry or in this business. Why did you bother opening if you was going to fail after a year? Mm. Or if she was going to shut the door and, and, and think to yourself, I can't do this anymore. There's got to be a better life. Well, that's, that's unfortunately the, the, the thing that a lot of people see it as they open a business and they think, oh, it's all, you know, fun and games, just like I was one of those people. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's what I thought yeah. when I opened the business. But, but, you know, I was very fortunate also to have some knowledge of other businesses, running other businesses as well, where... I see it time and time again that you've got a therapist that has been in a treatment room for five years and literally all she's done is treatments and she thinks, I can do better than this. I'm going to open a salon until she realizes what are the things behind running a salon Mm. because she's only been in a treatment room. She's never done the, the, the business side of it as well, unfortunately. You know, resilience is important. A strong mindset is important. Um, but it still does boil down to service. Yeah. Understanding service for me is, is number one because I can give you the best treatment. I can give you the best, let's say I'm doing a, we're doing a manicure on you. I can give you the best manicure, the best paint, 
the best whatever, but if I haven't given you service with a smile, if I haven't made you feel welcome, mm -hmm. you're not going to remember the manicure. You're going to remember how I made you feel. And especially today, I think, you know, with the experience economy that we're in, it's just amplified. Yeah, um, so listen, we're, we're coming to the end of this lovely hour with you, uh, but I still have one or two questions. And the first one uh, is, how would you describe your culture at Queen Bee uh, Luxury Nail and Beauty Lounge? And I guess from that, I would love to hear, you know, you said the first big challenge you had was recruiting staff and finding a team, right? So what would you say is your big challenge seven years later? So recruitment has always been our biggest challenge. Finding the right fit for my business, because we are very strict on what we look for today. Yeah. Um, our interview process is very different to a lot of salons. We, when, when someone applies for a job, if they just turn up and apply for a job, we then we still ask them to, to, to apply properly. They mm -hmm. have to send in a cover letter. We have to of, of what they what their experience is. Not just a CV. I want a letter that's at least five hundred words. Yeah. Detailing your experience, detailing um, your love for the industry, what you do, what your services are like, why you want to work for us, um, and, and, and 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 of course what you can bring to the table. That tells me a lot. Um, because if someone, most CVs today have got a date on it of possibly two or three of their jobs, not all, all of their jobs, um, mm. not a, a start and an end date, not a full detailed description of the role that they did. Um, definitely not the location. A lot of places are quite, I find quite funny. A lot of places are left out. I worked at beauty salon. Um, okay, what's the name of the beauty salon on your CV? It doesn't tell me. Um, mm. So I want to understand about them. But also, I want to understand, and, 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 and please don't take this the wrong way, I want to understand they can read and write English properly. Yeah? Because it's part of the job. And if you can't read and write properly, how are you going to understand communication properly? And that's one thing that's missing so much from our industry today. Where we're not a regulated industry, unfortunately, the colleges today are passing people when they're not ready to start working in the salon. Um, we see it time and time again. And I've had conversations with so many salon, um, colleges. In fact, I've been invited to join the board of one college um, to help them with this issue because they're passing therapists that are, and, and, and inflating their egos, inflating their minds that they're ready to work on the shop floor, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah, they passed them because they've done what they wanted them to do, but they haven't. I mean, prime example is COVID. COVID, you were not able to bring any um, members of the public into colleges to do treatments. So you weren't able to do practical mm. throughout the whole time. Yet they were still passing their therapists saying that they were able to do X, Y, and Z on the shop floor or what have you. And um, don't get me wrong, people's got to start somewhere. But when we see someone coming from a college, we have a very in-depth conversation because we need them to understand that they're still not ready. Yeah. But coming and joining our family, we get them to that level where they are ready, and it can take time. Yeah. Um, rather than, I know what I'm doing, this is what I'm, and okay, brilliant. so you know exactly what you do. I'll tell you what, why don't you paint my nails? Now, look at that and tell me if you think that 
queen bee acceptable? And they stop and they're like, no, it's not. Okay, so let's go back and start at the very beginning. Um, and tell them, yes, I'm a fantastic waxer. Brilliant, you've just come out of college. How do you intimate wax? Oh, we didn't learn that. Funny that. Talk to me about this. Oh, we didn't learn that. So you're not ready. Let's go back to basics. And we love to see and educate. One of my girls who's been with me just over four years, couldn't paint when she joined us. She'd just come out of college. Mm. Not long, you know, had no experience of what, but she is with us four years, and she, she can run the salon blind now. She knows everything about the business, and I, I can give her, the, I can just walk away and know full well she's got it under control. But she started from zero. And that's what is missing in our industry because so many people, so many salons will sit there and think, yeah, you're not right. We're not going to employ you. So how does that person start in a career when they're already on, 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 the, on the basement level, not even the ground level? And that's what's missing from our industry. So going back to your question, recruitment has been a problem when we, was a problem when we first launched. And today, if we were to, to look and to hire people, it still is a, an issue. We had someone knock on the door the other day while we were just locking up. Um, I want a job. I'm an out technician. Okay, fine. Where have you studied? What do you mean? Okay, where have you, where did you do your qualification? Oh, I don't have a qualification. Where have you worked? I've never worked in a salon before. Okay. Mm. Do you want to be a heart surgeon at the same time? <laughs> do, you, do you see what I mean? We're dealing with skin. We're dealing with the body. We're dealing with mm -hmm. a pair of cuticle nippers that can cut someone. Yeah? Wow. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I've just cut you. Oh, no, I need to amputate your finger. Great. That's what that's the reality of it, and that's what we've that's what unfortunately is 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 forgotten about. It's the same with 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 a haircut. You know, you you that hair is the first thing someone sees, or your eyebrows. You imagine someone just ruins your eyebrows. You're like, I can't leave the house now. <laughs> yeah. But you put your trust yeah. into that salon or into that person, believing that well, it's 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 reputable. They must be good. Yeah, Not definitely requires a lot of time, a lot of filtering through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what we, you know, that's still one of our challenges today. Um, I'm very blessed that my team have been, you know, we've, we've, we've got a really strong team um, who we are family. Um, I, I actually took one of my, my team members to the Forest Summit mm. as well. Yeah. Um, because as, as, as a reward, because how amazing she's been. And bizarrely enough, it was that same girl. She started with zero. Yeah, she wasn't. But then look at her now. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? And that's is exactly it. And yeah. that's, 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 you know, we want to, we, 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 you know, we, there's a lot of love in, in my salon for, for, for the team. That's what we are all about. We literally genuinely have love for each other, which is so beautiful. What would you say are your top three values at Queen Bee? Like, what do you stand for? Um, Respect, honesty, and bloody hard work. Yeah, don't don't come in fifty percent. Don't be fifty percent. We can't do fifty percent. You either all everything, every, you know, your, your whole feet are in to this, or do you know what? We're the wrong place for you. That's exactly it. Because we, you know, respect and, and and honesty are are a given. But also, you know, I can't. We, we're a team that work hard together as a team. Yeah. It's not a case of, oh, well, do you know what? I'm going to slack because someone else can do that for me. Sorry, 
it won't last. Yeah. Peter, this has been absolutely fantastic. I knew we'd have a good time on the show together. And and I know you mentioned earlier you re- you recently won an award, so congratulations on that. Thank um, you. I would love to know as we wrap this up today, what's next for Queen Bee? You know, you, you, you're just hitting on seven years. What's the next seven looking like? There is something in the pipeline that I'm not going to mention because mm-hmm. we keep things very close to our chest. It's a very big project, but I'm still in this undecided whether we're going to do it or not yet. Um, this is one of those things, you know, as I said earlier, that I'm very spontaneous. And I actually looked at this project just before COVID. And at that time, I actually agreed, yes, we're going to start this project. Um, then COVID hit, and then they put it on the back burner and it's kind of at the time I would have and and I was ready to jump straight away with this new project and at the moment it's they've given me time to think because it's taken so long and I'm still undecided as whether or not we're going to start this new project we're also now increasing um, our services again Mm -hmm. um, because it's our new year so next month is, is, is the beginning of our, our year again. Um, and we're going to be introducing um, more machines into the business. So laser machines and uh, more aesthetics into the business. So there's a lot of growth for us there. Um, we are growing as a business and as a team as well. Um, so we're going to start a big recruitment plan in the beginning of April, uh, recruitment process, sorry, at the beginning of April. Um and, 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 and we'll see what, what the future holds. I mean, we're very fortunate that we're in a very strong position. Um, we rebook a lot of our clients for the year ahead, not for the next visit. We get them booked in until Christmas um, at the beginning of every year. So we've got a very strong client base. Um, and, and, and with that in mind, you know, we've got a very strong business. So from a business perspective, we like to plan way in advance, you know, at least a quarter in advance. We're planning Christmas from, you know, August and and, and knowing what the plan is and, you know, what are we going to do differently this year? And that can be as silly as, you know, things like decorations to, and and decorations takes a lot. It takes us about a week to put decorations up in the salon because we do a lot for decorations (laughs) for Christmas. We go mental. Um, and and uh, I mean the the worst thing was when it when we had to shut down for Christmas for COVID and it was like we just put all these decorations up. <laughs> Disappointment. Like, oh, but you know what? We looked at and we said, right, yeah. And 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 then they said we were shut for for you know for that for that for that time. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. Um, we 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 you know we we've got through it. But yeah, yeah I mean the plan for the future. We're just going to keep doing what we do, and then some. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for everything today, for our conversation, for your candor, all the stories, the insights, the knowledge. I've been having such a great time chatting to you. So thank you for that. And uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And congratulations to you as well. I understand it's seven years you're with Forrest. It has been seven years. Yeah. Time has flown by. And honestly, like seven years ago feels like just yesterday so yeah it's been it's been a wild ride loving it oh well yeah it's mad but yeah it's 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 amazing to 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 see but yeah thank you so much for inviting me and uh and and 
yeah, I look forward to to staying in touch and seeing what the future holds as well. Absolutely. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you. There's a particular energy that circulates on the salon floor that's like nothing else in the world. It's what drew our founder and CEO Ronan Percival to work in this industry in the first place, and I'd be willing to bet it's what drew a vast majority of salon owners like Peter to it too. This industry creates magic every day. It's more than hair or nails or lashes. The magic's in the moment when you spin your client around in the chair, or when you hold up the mirror and reveal their transformation. The magic's in the smile that comes over their face in that instant, the refreshed, confident body language they assume. The magic's also in the sense of community and connection that's created in a local salon. A salon is a place where people can come and feel cared for and listened to, not to mention the special relationship that can often develop between a stylist, barber, or beauty therapist and their client. Over the last few years, salon owners around the world have shown incredible adaptability, dealing with numerous lockdown closures, accommodating new social distancing and health measures and training staff accordingly, rebuilding their businesses, and at Forest, we've had a front row seat to your show of resilience. We know, recognize, and celebrate what a vital part you play in every local community. We see the passion and care you put into looking after your clients. So for that, thank you. And thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And of course, if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. You can send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.